from HerbMentor.com. This is HerbMentor Radio. You are listening to HerbMentor Radio on HerbMentor.com. I'm John Gallagher. My guest today is Charles Garcia. Charles is a third-generation corandero and practicing herbalist. He is founder and director of the California School of Traditional Hispanic Herbalism. Charles has worked in law enforcement, special, special education, lectured at many schools, and was a contributing author to the book Wilderness Emergency Care. He teaches first uh, herbal first aid to the Red Cross and also volunteers many hours helping the homeless population of his hometown. And you can visit Charles online at hispanicherbs.com. How's it going, Doc? Doing great. All right. So, you know, um, so Chuck, for those of you who don't know, I mentioned the word corandero in your introduction. What is a yeah. corandero? Uh, well, that that word itself is rather controversial uh, because technically it just means one who cures or one who heals. Mm-hmm. Uh but in a wider sense, it is a healer who also uses ritual, uh, prayer, for lack of a better term, magic, mm-hmm. uh, as well as uh, herbal medicines and such. Mm-hmm. Now, I should say that 95% of my practice is just herbal medicine. Mm-hmm. Now, other, other Hispanic nations, a, a curandero or curandera uh, may have a more mystical background, uh, in, I believe, Chile, they are considered fortune tellers. In Puerto Rico, they are feared <laughs> because they practice the occult. Um, so there is no one defined definition for it. So that's the best I can tell you. <laughs> now, were you taught, uh, and you were taught by your mother, right? Right, yes. And and yeah. how, how did she, um, you know, mentor, mentor, your, mentor you? Well, you know, I had no idea that this was happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was probably about four or five, and uh, people would come to our home, and mom would say, that man is sick, or that lady is sick, go pick that plant over there. And I'd go get it, bring it back, and I'd get a nickel. And that was big money in those days. Mm-hmm. You could buy a lot of candy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so by the time I was about eight, it was that man has a fever or that lady has cramps. Go get that plant over there or that plant there. And now I get tens to a lot of money. So by the time I was in my my really early teens or even a tad younger, um, I could look at a person coming in and I would know pretty much what that person needed. I'd go out, I'd at the plant. Uh, also, by this time, I had seen how my mom had used it. Mm-hmm. And so I was being trained all this time. So it was, invis- it was an invisible school? It was invisible. Wow. I had no idea. And um, we have a belief that uh, one person in each generation, is the one to carry it on. Now, I had an older brother, uh, and it's usually tradition that the older child um, has this gift. Um, 
But in my case, that was wrong. It was me. Wow. And it just kind of happened that way, didn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Did. Now, I am 14 years younger than my brother. Hmm. So uh, it was a long wait. <laughs> and, and is he just not interested? or? Um, you know, Tunes Dying Day, literally, John was never really interested. He knew a lot about plants, but it just never sparked him. Never sparked him. And yeah. and and your your ancestors are actually Californian natives, correct? You were saying yes, yes, yes. and yeah. and that's and that's uh, that's a whole different thing. So it's a right. kind of a na- Native, Native American, Native American. Um, you know, like a Native American Hispanic, or or how does that? I, I don't understand well, some of know, the Californian uh, ethnography. The native part of the family came to California about. 10,000 BCE, give or take a month or two. <laughs> and the European part came in around 1792. And my wife has just walked in the door mm-hmm. with a new foot pad for me. Thank oh, you, nice. my darling. <laughs> I have been told I need better arches. Support. Uh-huh. So, bless her heart, she went out in this cold weather, and she braved the wind, and she brought me Dr. Scholl's. Oh, nice. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, so, this is how the, uh, the California Cordonismo uh Started. It was not from Mexico. It was it was a combination native European um, uh, combining of herbs, herbal knowledge, even concepts of health. Uh, there's this uh, belief that the Indians were dirty. <laughs> well, they had this strange concept called bathing. <laughs> maybe maybe even once or twice a day. Oh my God! And they were naked! Mm. Men and women naked together! You know, you know the Spanish wouldn't have that. <laughs> right. Horrible, horrible. Um, but uh, despite that, uh, a lot of the native traditions in healing survived. Mm-hmm. And, and, so, and, and it was sort of passed on. Um, at what point did it, because you were mentioning how with your mother and your mother's generation, how they had, she had to really hide what she did. Now, oh yeah, uh, yeah. now, but, but was at, this, a, was this, time, just, most, most people, most, uh, most herbal healers did, and uh, and it was not just minorities. Um, at that time, so-called modern medicine was squeezing out oh. the last of the of the uh, of the eclectic physicians who were college trained herbalists of that age. Mm-hmm. And um, they also began to prosecute uh, people who saw sick people mm-hmm. just because they saw them. Uh, so being a minority, this was hit. Uh, you never mentioned that you were seeing um, uh, an herbalist or a bone setter or a midwife. Uh, it simply was not done. Interesting. Uh, now, another thing that kind of almost killed this was in the 50s and 60s, the availability of health insurance. 
Mm-hmm. So everybody want to go to a doctor, to a good modern doctor who used medicines and x-rays and surgery and chemotherapy and such. Um, Why this has turned around, uh, there's a lot of discussion. No one knows for sure. But uh, I lean towards the fact that sometimes modern medicine fails. Right, right. And fails spectacularly. Well, well, yeah, and 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 that... People are starting to come back. Right, right, right. To to a more gentle way, to a way that is sometimes more effective. Not always, Mm -hmm. but sometimes. uh, And also, we get to talk to our patients, our clients, mm-hmm. actually. We spend the time getting to know them. A modern doctor can't do that, either can't or won't. And, and people and people aren't, um, these days, I mean, health insurance, as you said, may, may brought some people into modern medicine, but as we all know now, health insurance is leading people out of modern medicine. Um, and yes. so I, I would love... Uh, Chuck, if you could kind of tie that in and go into the stuff that you were talking about at that wonderful class that I I took gorilla herbalism and your work with uh, homeless, like connect to somehow connect all that in there. (laughs) Oh, well, (laughs) because, because I, because I see that as like, you know, wow, you know, you're, you're there and you realize that people need help and then you're taking, you're, you're, you're going in your on your on yourself and saying, you know, I want to help these people, and you're finding a way to do it. Well, I I started to help the homeless just by sheer accident, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I at this point I couldn't even tell you the first person I helped. I really can't. Um, and eventually, I found that. They were afraid. They were afraid of uh, of uh, straight people, and and I don't mean that in a sexual term. Straight people are people who live normal, quote, normal lives, and don't understand what their life is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And some people choose to be homeless, not very many, and some people are trapped in that cycle, and some will always be trapped, and there's not a lot of health care that is available to them unless they're already in the system before they became homeless. Mm -hmm. Even then, if you don't have a permanent address, it's hard to get help. Um, I heard stories about people losing their homes because they had to have procedures that weren't covered by health insurance. And they lost everything. And after a time of being on the street, and I absolutely believe this, you fall into a type of mental illness. It's almost like battle fatigue. Right. Or, um, or as they said back in World War I, shell shock. Okay. The human body can only take combat, sustained combat, for about 15 weeks. After that, it breaks down and becomes unaffected. You cannot keep going on. Okay, being homeless for years at a time does the same thing, and you cannot readjust automatically. Uh, if by some uh, miracle you are taken off the streets. Have in a small apartment, you have a job. Mm-hmm. 
you often cannot adjust. So what do I do? I try to make their day or their hour a little better. And I did this by becoming a part of them for a time. I did not drive up. I walked in. I wore old clothes. I hadn't shaved or showered. Um, For lack of a better term, I basically infiltrated. Hmm. And I brought along my little tiny uh, canvas bag of herbs or a tea or a thermos. Now, you can't help everyone. You can't. You'll go crazy. But you can help certain people. And um, I would give uh, herbal syrups or bronchitis. I would bring some broth or soup or some tea or, God knows, tons of salve over the years for horrible skin conditions or just some Flintstone vitamins because I saw scurvy. Uh, No one sees scurvy anymore. Last case of scurvy I can think of occurred to Long John Silver on Treasure Island. Right, right, (laughs) right. right. So I became rather militant um, about it because, you know, it's not always legal to go out as one person to help those in need. You can be breaking health laws or state law or local law. Okay? If I give a sandwich to one person, no one is going to care. If I drive a truck out there and start to give out sandwiches, someone is going to notice and complain. And then authorities step in. Well, I'm not giving out food. I'm doing something even more radical. I'm trying to make people healthy, at least for that hour or that day, or God knows, maybe that week. And the powers that be are not comfortable with that. At the same time, Being on the street for about five years, I didn't see anybody else out there. Just this one crackpot herbalist here. (laughs) Yeah, uh uh-huh. I I, I lectured at UC Berkeley at the time to the uh, joint medical program that they share with with. You see, San Francisco, and you'd be surprised. A number of these young idealist doctors, wonderful young people, work so hard, who are going to go to name your favorite third world country to help the poor. Right. Well, I said, look, uh, if you want to save some money. <laughs> You come to Richmond, okay, just just a few miles down the road, and I'll show you the poor. If you have to go to Botswana to find poor people, you're not looking too hard. <laughs> True. And and I know what they meant. They wanted the adventure, and that's okay. Okay, that's fine as long as. You say, well, I'm going to help the poor because I want the adventure of a foreign country and and uh, crocodiles and uh, big snakes and tropical diseases. You know, there are people like that. That's great. Okay. But don't say, I'm going to do it for the poor. No, you're not. All right. All right. And I tell my own 
Putin's debt. Don't tell me that you're going to go to South America and start a free clinic. Actually, some have, bless their hearts, <laughs> just for the poor. Well, I'll show you the poor. Right, right. Right in our own backyard, everywhere. In our own backyard. Right. And we turn a blind eye. Hmm. We and, don't like to see that part of America. And and if you wouldn't mind talking about just like um, that this is, you know, this is a tough thing you don't recommend for everyone. You know, like this is not something that we're saying, hey, everyone go out and, you know, right. grab a bag of salves and cut out to the streets. You know, <laughs> like so, yeah. so some of that wisdom would be nice. to. If you plan to do that, you come to me first. I'll train you. Yeah, okay. mm. exactly. <laughs> but, it really. Yeah. So yeah. So and yeah, because um, so then um, you're 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 out there, and and I just want to reiterate again, like something that really that you said a little bit, like kind of glossed, you know, touched on a little bit in in what you were talking about is when you're going, when you're working with folks, you, you even said you'll just sometimes have a a brown paper bag crumpled up with a few things in it, like just to blend in and to not and to not, you know, be an outsider. Right. Yeah. So yeah. that's, and, and so let's, let's talk about that brown paper bag for a second. And so you have your canvas bag or your brown paper bag. And what really struck me, not just this amazing story and work that you do when I, when I sat in on your class, um, uh, but also, uh, your, the minimalism and the herbs you use and how you use them and how simple you're able to powerfully help people with the simplest yep. things. And so what's in Doc's, you know, what what are some of Doc's favorite remedies? Oh, you know, uh, often I try to grab stuff off of the street, literally. Mm. Uh, locally, you can find uh, fennel, growing everywhere mm -hmm. okay it, 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 it's a weed out here and i love fennel because it's great for coughs upset stomach mm -hmm. as uh as a wash it's quite soothing mm -hmm. um we have a, a plant here which which, depending on what book you read, uh, may or may not be part of the chamomile family. It's called pineapple weed. Mm -hmm. Certainly is, actually. And it, yeah, and it grows from from New York to Santa Monica. Mm -hmm. Okay, now that is a very gentle stomach sedative. So I will grab that. Uh, we have rosemary bushes everywhere. We have juniper. Um, I will grab that. We have a lot of wild mint out here, so I'll grab some of that. And with these plants, especially rosemary, you can do quite a bit. And if you find a person out there who is uh, stable enough, you can teach them how to use it, too. And all you need is some fire, uh, a pot, and some water. And, and that's uh, about it. And, and so, and so, um, you know, so you mentioned rosemary, fennel, pineapple weed, wild mint, and, um, you know, there are going to be plants, different plants, maybe even different bioregions where people live. But, exactly. But learning what grows around you and then what you could use similarly. But these exactly. are also common ones that you could carry around dried or, you know, pre-prepared right. in a tea oh, or something. Oh, um, uh, yarrow. How could I forget oh, yarrow? Yeah, I mean, these... Yeah. Wonderful plant. Um, so, yeah, those weeds that you kill every year... Mm -hmm. uh, are are lifesavers at times. So you know, it's really just some a lot of first aid you're doing. Mm, in a sense, yeah. There's a lot of that, but 
it can't go long term too, mm-hmm. because um, most of Injuries there will heal very, very slowly. Right. So you have to come back. Um, I would guess that uh, 80% of the homeless have some sort of immune-compromised position. Usually it is because of poor diet. Mm-hmm. Often it is because of long-term bronchial issues, mm-hmm. um, uh, dental problems, very mm-hmm. major. Right, right. And that just beats down the immune system year after year. Oh, wow. And have you ever found that somebody that you helped out got interested in this and learned a few th- tricks and helped other folks out? Actually, yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh I'll I'll have to clean this story up a little bit. <laughs> but, uh, the first line is going to sound bad. I picked up a prostitute for the morning. <laughs> <God. sighs> yeah, um, and I uh, I declined her offer, but I bought her breakfast out at McDonald's, and when she found out who I was, she screamed, uh, and I said, what's wrong? And she said, my God, you're real. Said, yeah, I'm real. And it, it turned out that I had become, after all these years, some kind of semi-mythical creature on the streets. <laughs> What did they call you? Uh, <laughs> I was called the Plant Man. Oh wow! The Plant Man. My wife is uh, is is laughing <laughs> right now. Uh, and the Plant Man was uh, well. That is a story for another time. Uh, but I took her to the. Greater Richmond Interface Program, uh, which uh, helps the homeless. Mm-hmm. Um, and she eventually started to learn about herbs on her own. Um, and the last I heard of her, about a year ago, I guess, she had uh, gotten her GED had done at least a year of college and was making plant medicines locally. Mm -hmm. Uh, She had moved to Oakland and was helping people out there. Mm. So that's one story. That's amazing. Uh, I I had uh, another homeless client uh, who who remained homeless, but she learned about gynecological uh, herbs that she, that she could use for the homeless women mm-hmm. at this um, at this homeless camp, uh, and so until she died, she helped out. So yeah, it happens. Um, <clears throat> that's you know just that's what a uh, th- thank you for sharing that um, <clears throat> the work you're doing there because that that when I took that class with you I was just like oh, people have to hear about this because I was just amazed you know because I thought uh, you know I, I'm always just it's so incredibly interesting to me to hear all different people in different areas and how they use herbs and how they help people with them. And when I heard your class, I'm like, Oh, that's something I haven't heard before. <laughs> uh, you know, and it's, uh, it is sad. Yeah. In a way, because yeah. there are so many really great herbalists out mm-hmm. there. People that haven't written books or articles, but they are, 
excellent at what they do. Mm-hmm. And they should be on the street right now. And maybe they are now. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. Yeah. Like, and so it's like, uh, you know, you were t- t- trained in this invisible school and then you have gone ahead and, and, and at least on the streets, created a bit of an invisible school. Um, yeah. But of course, then you have your real school, <laughs> your, your visible school, <laughs> right, which yeah. is. Um, so I was wondering about your visible school, and when you say um, when when you on your in your school there, when I was mentioning folks, uh, the California School of Traditional Hispanic Herbalism, um, what what makes like I'm curious is like uh, what, what 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 draws people in to your school, like what draws them in, and what uniquely makes it a school of Hispanic herbalism. What what are some of those things like you mentioned perhaps way earlier when you said there's some different approaches to looking at health and things like that. So what is the flavor of 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 what you teach and how you use herbs in that sense? Well it is uh minimalist. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh I I try to break them of having to have perfect knowledge of mm. how much of this, how much of that. Mm. Okay, um, you have to be able to gauge by sight, smell, and touch. Mm. Okay, you don't need um, a uh, a <laughs> scale. It helps. It's great, but. What if you don't have it? Right. Okay. That is one thing. You have to eyeball the plant. Well, what does the plant look like? Okay. All right. It's green. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's long. Okay. But what does it look like in the morning, in the afternoon, at night? What time do you want to pick it for what? condition okay is it is it has it been um dried how old is it was it dried properly probably but let's smell it let's taste it let's look at the color there's a lot of tasting hands-on feeling the plant okay a lot of smelling the plants uh, and you have to uh, taste and drink what you make in my school, okay? And a lot of it's pretty vile, uh, vile. And my wife is here smiling. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you know what you're putting your clients through. Okay. Number two. Um, is and I I know it sounds new agey and it's really not but it's looking at a plant and trying to see trying to feel if the plant is ready to be harvested and if the plant wants to be harvested and I, I've and uh, I've had people turn their eyes up. And go, oh my God, he's one of those. <laughs> uh, on the other hand, <laughs> once they start mm, 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 making their own meds, uh, and they <clears throat> notice it. The person who was uh, respectful towards a plant makes a good med, and maybe theirs isn't so good. Maybe it doesn't work at all, and they've picked it from the same plant. Now, scientifically, it should work. (laughs) It should work for them, and it doesn't. Hmm. What's the difference? One person showed respect, the other didn't. Mm. And I've done this myself. Mm-hmm. I've been in a hurry, ran wow. out, mm-hmm. grabbed 
some plants, made some medicine, and it was crap. Right. I go. I've, I've back had that out. same experience. I've yeah, had that yeah. same. Yeah. yeah. And I will go out again. I'll take my time. I'll apologize first. And I'll ask, are you ready? Mm-hmm. And at times the plant will say, no, but look at him over there. And I'll go, oh, yeah, why didn't I think of that? That other plant would work maybe even better. You listen to the plants. You feel. And this is how healers did this a thousand years ago, 2,000, 3,000, maybe 10,000 years ago. They had to feel the plant. Now, I don't always go by these healings because I have great guidebooks. <laughs> but a lot of times I do, especially in my own backyard. Respect the plant. And that is what I try to teach also. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, you know, if you have to buy the plant, I understand the limitations. If you can grow some plants, then understand their limitations. Mm-hmm. It's a living thing. Uh, so I get a lot of criticism about that from uh, from more scientific herbal schools, mm-hmm. <laughs> as you can imagine. Well... Yeah, but I mean, it seems like you're just so doing something so entirely different. I mean, I, I, you, you know, Susan Weed, who often will say, you know, for all the first thing she always says is herbal medicine is the people's medicine, and you really bring it to the people and really connect people with plants to like you. It seems like you have the gift, and what you do is like say anyone can absolutely do this, even if you're not all that interested in it, and it's really easy. <laughs> <laughs> You can do it if you want to. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like any, like anyone. You know. Well, I mean, I every think... everyone would have the interest of it for their health. That's what I mean. I guess that's right. what yeah, I meant. Yeah. Is like everyone, like even if you're not a plant geek, you know, <laughs> you you can you can pick some fennel off the street and just know that you can boil that up if you have a stomachache, and you're like, oh, that's easy. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I uh, I have a friend who is a who is arguably the greatest herbalist on the coast, Adam Seller. And, uh, and I would lecture at his school, and I'd say, a good herbalist knows about 100 plants. A great herbalist know, uh, only needs about 10. Hmm. And after about three years, Adam got tired of this and said, okay, wise ass, prove it. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be good. And I thought, right. uh-oh, busted. <laughs> uh, so I started to teach a class uh, called 10 Herbs. And uh, I'll, I will pick 10 Herbs that uh, that uh, season and I'll just teach on one herb a night awesome. and 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 of these herbs you know you can do a lot now let's go into a, let's go into a few of them let's let's give, give me let's talk about three that you your top three okay well last night actually was was our class mm-hmm. and we covered Maru, which you know as whorehound. Whorehound, okay. Whorehound, yeah. Now, now, if herbalist knows that it's a bitter plant, and the British make a candy out of it, right? Okay. Uh, now, what most people or most herbalists don't even know, is that it is a multi-use plant. Uh, 
and it was used extensively as a tea in the pre-Christian times. And it was used to improve digestion as a bitter. Mm-hmm. It will break fevers. It's a diuretic. It's a laxative. Wow. It's for mild asthma, colds, cough, uh, moderate cases of bronchitis uh, for a sore throat, you can gargle it. Hmm. If you have stomach parasites, worms, you can drink it, and they'll come screaming out of your body. It's a fairly decent expectorant. Uh, you'd have to drink a out of it, so it's kind of better as a steam. Mm-hmm. It it is uh, it is an aid to 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 menstruation. Um, early California Hispanic women gave it to their daughters to help bring on first menses. Um, it's a mild appetite stimulant, uh, and it's great for topical skin irritations. Uh, the great Greek physician Dioscorides considered it a primary herb for tuberculosis and asthma. Nicholas Culpepper, who I love reading his book because it is in such a uh, 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 old-style English, mm-hmm. he was one of the first to use it in a syrup for children. Mm-hmm. Now, the Hispanic Indian healers it began to use it for diabetes in the late 1500s. That's just one plant. That's that's round. Right, right, right. Yeah. Now another plant is called redroot, uh, and you can find various species of it throughout the U.S. Mm-hmm. I believe uh, in California up to your area, mm-hmm. the type is Cyanosis uh, spinosis, I believe. Yeah, right. yeah. You can find it in our state in Washington on the east side of the mountains. Ah, okay. Yeah. Now, this is... Uh, a great or tough to tough to process okay tough to process but for almost all lymphatic issues it is the number one herb mm-hmm. including tonsillitis mm-hmm. okay mono uh uh hydrosols, uh, uh splenitis mm-hmm. mastitis mm-hmm. wow what a great herb. But wow. also, beyond that, it is a carrier. You could combine this with herbs, and it will go straight into the lymph system. Why is this good? Cancer therapy. Mm. Cancer herbs. Mm. And lastly... It allows whatever lung tissue is left in you to absorb more oxygen directly into the blood system. Now, that's a great herb if you only have one lung, as my mom did, or if you're having pleurisy or... or any other breathing issue, mm-hmm. it helps the lungs 
work more efficiently. It brings the oxygen into the lungs. But a great plant. So there are two right there. Multi-purpose herbs. Great. That's great. And I, and I love that because often, um, you know, whorehound, red root, aren't some of the ones you just automatically, you know, teach about right away. And so I right. love I love getting um, some perspectives from people mm-hmm. who use a plant so frequently for things that are kind of a little off that beaten path. Um, right. So people kind of shows them that there are a lot of other plants besides the you know, top most often one used, which, and there may be one growing in your backyard that you didn't even exactly. know about. Right. And that's, um, so, uh, Chuck, clients, I was reading on your website, you see, you see folks, right? Um, and you right. said something about you not always charge them or I don't like. I a, never charge them. Well, tell us about that. Uh, my mom never charged. Her dad never charged. Um, I, you know, I don't mind other herbalists charging mm-hmm. if that is their life, if that is what they do. Yes, they should charge a fair amount. Uh, but in our family, we will not charge those who are sick or in need. And everyone who comes through my door are sick or in need. Right. So I I will not profit from that. I can't do it. Right, right. I just can't do it. So you don't get rich doing this. Now, in the old days, people would leave something for my grandfather or mom, okay? Um, But this wasn't how they made their money. My grandfather, he did construction as a young man. He was a cowboy, a laborer. My mom was a migrant at times. She was a housewife. She worked at the Tri-Valley Cannery for many years. Um, In short, you don't quit your day job to do this. Mm -hmm. You'll starve. Yeah. What I, I got to tell you, so I have to interject because I know you're a big Bruce Springsteen fan, and I'm I'm a big Bruce. Oh Springsteen yeah, oh fan. yeah. <laughs> but really that am. that is the the one time I met Bruce Springsteen, <laughs> well, because I grew up near him. We went Christmas caroling at his house, and we sang "Oh Come All You Faithful" or something like that, like my group of high school buddies, you know. <laughs> and then he's he was married to his first wife, and he's in his big mansion there, and and. Uh, and um, and then he just kind of like we finish and he looks at us and he goes, yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, don't quit your day jobs. <laughs> <laughs> that made me think of that. So I... Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. So it's true. Don't quit your day jobs. <laughs> yeah. Don't quit your day job. Now, I am able to do this because I teach mm-hmm. and I write. Mm-hmm. And I lecture, and that allows me to get the stuff I can't either uh, grow, beg, borrow, or steal. <laughs> uh, so my practice um, doesn't require me to charge or to even ask for a donation. Mm-hmm. So no owners ever charged. Unfortunately, because of this, people believe it's a scam and there has to be some sort of hidden charge somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, I, I try to explain that, no, it's, it's completely free. It's a free clinic. Come on in. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's that's great. I mean, I I just how admirable and 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 you know you don't see that a lot these you know these days and all. So it's uh, wow. Um, so I was looking at some of the and and I encourage folks to head on to HispanicHerbs.com because I'm just looking at some of these these class titles and they're just so you know they're just real practical like what people like once again like you know there's people who can get really into this stuff want to learn everything there is to know and they it's this deep hobby you know in a way a deep long exploration lifelong exploration it's just a passion and then there's kind of just stuff you think just everyone should know and right. and i look at your classes and i'm just like no this is all just stuff everyone should know it should just be like school know. this should be like you know the entire eighth grade curriculum or something <laughs> you know <laughs> or high school curriculum in, in, you know, and and uh, i teach how to make soup you know <laughs> you'd be surprised the number of people who can't make soup from scratch i couldn't when i left the house when i was going to college like my mom never <laughs> let me cook <laughs> I guess I could have just thrown the can in there, but yeah, <laughs> but that's what I'm that's what I'm looking at. I'm like, this is like basic canning and food preservation, emergency first that's aid, right. urban herb walk, you know, and you and you go on and on and on, and and uh, um. So did I also see on your site? Are you are you um uh keep keeping the school going the way it is? Are you changing it up? Or are you uh... you know I was going to close the school at the end of 2012 because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. uh, I'm I'm tired mm-hmm. I'm I'm tired and uh, you know life's been rough mm-hmm. but uh, a certain lady I met at the conference mm-hmm. asked me not to do it. And I respect her so much that I have decided to somehow find the energy uh, to keep the school going. But I have not changed that yet on my website. Well, I encourage you to keep it going, too. And, you know, there's a lot of things you can do. Like, you can just have a, a... A couple of, appre- of, of of close apprentices, um, and 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 the best way to learn is to teach, and they can take over some of the basic stuff that they teach for you. Exactly. Yes, I'm going to haul in their butts a lot more <laughs> next year, um, because teaching four classes a night, seeing clients almost five to six days a week uh it just wears on you i i think i think the model of the classes that you're teaching and the kind of classes that you're teaching and how you've assembled them here i mean that needs to be this needs to be um you know taught and then replicated in every city right (laughs) you know the way you're doing it here i'm like oh this is this is what people need to know I mean, this is what everyone needs to know. And then there's people like us that might want to learn more elsewhere and whatnot. Great. But I'm talking yeah. about everyone. If a person uh, stays at my school for two years, okay, mm-hmm. if they take two years worth of courses, um, including some of the short-term uh, uh specialty classes mm-hmm. and they'll come out as pretty decent herbalists mm-hmm. now after two if I see a spark in a person then I will offer very advanced classes mm-hmm. for free Wow. If you're willing to spend the time, okay, I will teach you the really difficult stuff for free. No charge. You show up, I'll teach. Wow. And those classes are not listed. <laughs> right. Those right. are very private. 
Wow. Well, that's and it nice. means that, <laughs> that you become part of this family. Okay. You are out with me mucking in the garden. Okay. Walking my dog. Okay. Walking through my neighborhood. And you better start looking around you and telling me what you see. Because in a four-block radius, there are so many plants mm. that you can use and foods. And if you can see that, if you can open your eyes to the wider world, then you're going to be an excellent herbalist. Not a good one, an excellent one. I, All I, you have to do is put in the time. I, I encourage anyone who lives in the greater Bay Area to to take advantage, to, to get on that and, and, and start studying with you because, you know, this is the real deal and this is the stuff people need to know. And especially if you have a passion and wanting to help others and, and you know, wondering how you fit into the greater thing, you know, the greater picture in herbalism and helping other people. I mean, that's an amazing opportunity. So. And I'll teach really esoteric things like how to steal plants out of your neighbor's yard at <laughs> night. <laughs> and they'll never notice it. <laughs> that, that would not be part of the regular herb mentor curriculum, but no, we'll chuck, no, you no. go for it. <laughs> not really. I had a group um, in the early days of my practice and my school, and I called them Herbal Amandas, <laughs> uh, because I taught them pretty much how to scavenge urbanly. <laughs> and, and their last test was to go out at the dead of night and and bring me three plants each, you know, picked in the dark from someone's yard or backyard, God knows, <laughs> and bring it back to me and and not get shot or busted. <laughs> and they all passed. All right. <laughs> and they said that that was the scariest experience <laughs> they had ever had. <laughs> Wow, wow, wow. So my classes are not always dull. They can be pretty exciting. <laughs> oh, that's great. And I uh so um will you be at the Traditions in Western Herbalism conference next year, I hope? Yes, I shall be. Yay. And I will too. So we'll get to hang out again. Excellent. I encourage everyone uh who does not know about the Traditions in Western Herbalism Conference, to go to traditionsinwesternherbalism.org, uh, learningherbs.com. Yes, it was an amazing, amazing event. And learningherbs.com, along with Mountain Rose Herbs, are the two major sponsors, and learningherbs.com will once again be the major sponsor with uh, Mountain Rose, uh, because we love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> we certainly do. And now, and now, after this interview, I'm sure folks know why. <laughs> you, you just never know who you're going to meet and learn. We had a lot of fun. Yeah, we <laughs> I'll sure tell did. you. Um, so, um, and once again, HispanicHerbs.com is where you can. Right. Um, and and I even find the frequently asked questions on your website very entertaining. <laughs> oh, good. Thank you. That was my wife's idea okay <laughs> I, just I to save a lot of time <laughs> so um you know uh i i just wanted to um say that yeah you're definitely the the most inspirational herbalist i've met in a long time chuck and and well um, bless your heart thank you very much and I, I appreciate definitely a man after my own heart and uh it's been just a, a awesome honor to have you on today and uh and i Thank you, and I encourage everyone to see us at the conference next year. And if you live in the Bay Area, you get to Chuck's classes. Charles Garcia, we are so thankful for your time and sharing your story with us. John, thank you very much. Herb Mentor Radio on HerbMentor.com is a production of LearningHerbs.com. Visit LearningHerbs.com for free herbal lessons, including Herb Mentor News, Home Remedy Secrets, and Supermarket Herbalism. You'll also find the Herbal Medicine Making Kit and our board game, Wildcraft. Herb Mentor Radio.
Copyright LearningHerbs.com. All rights reserved. Thanks so much for listening.